Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Uh, pretty good week, actually. Uh, my birthday was Sunday. That was good. It's Happy birthday. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday to you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm gonna be or yesterday, nine. if you're listening to this on Friday. Uh, and then happy birthday to Misty if this is Friday because you know. But uh, we have a lot of but a lot of April birthdays here. We 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 do we do. Um, no, this is a really good uh, low key weekend. Uh, really enjoyed uh, some nice family time uh, and video gaming and. Uh, made some delicious barbacoa beef that we ate on for several days because we made like five pounds of it and we didn't finish it off until from Saturday until Tuesday. So we ate on it for four days, the three of us. Uh, but yeah, uh, Misty got me a bouquet of roses and I've never gotten flowers before in my life. And that was a totally new experience for me. And I didn't know that I would feel such a way, but I did. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and she got me the sweetest card that made me cry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a really nice uh, low key day. You know, people messaging all day long, you know, or posting messages and everything. And it's just... Nice and relaxed, stress-free, drama-free, and the week's been like that pretty much, you know. I finished Final Fantasy VI Saturday night, and then I downloaded Chrono Trigger because I've not played through that in probably 10 years or better. It's a a fantastic, fantastic little RPG. Oh, yeah, absolutely wonderful. I love that game so much, and I forgot how much I love that game. And I've already sunk probably about 16 hours into it or better uh, since Sunday. Uh, so, you know, I've played it a lot over the past three days. Um, but, yeah, my week's been pretty good. What about yours? How's yours been? Uh, it's been a, it's been a stressful week. I'm not going to lie. There's been a lot. I kind of talked about it pre-podcast. I'm not going to talk about it now, obviously, but yeah, there's been a lot happened this past week. Not to mention today as of recording is a rough day for my family. Exactly a year ago today was a really nasty tragedy. And so today is going to be interesting. Um, I understand. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I know that, uh, hopefully tomorrow is going to be a lot better. I am not working tomorrow. Tomorrow can suck my butt. It's my birthday, and I'm taking tomorrow off. No work for old Grego. Nice, nice. Though, though I have. I, I, I hope the package that I sent you does arrive though tomorrow, but it may not. But there's yeah, we'll a chance. See. If there's a ch- well, it's it's FedEx, so you know I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, it's probably going to be Friday, but still. Yeah, my my thing here, the 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 tracking number you gave me still says Friday. Well, both whatever. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I have been playing the uh, Lego Star Wars game. Oh yeah, uh, the the Skywalker Saga. Yeah. So when I started it, I wasn't the world's biggest fan of it. Um, 
Yeah, you said it had its moments. It had issues. Well, the the issue is like the first movie has like four levels total. No joke. And when you go to an area, you just run from point A to point B to do the next bit of story. And you're not really playing the game, if that makes sense. And like there was one whole level fighting Darth Maul. And I was like, that's fine. That's fine. But like a lot of the stuff just wasn't that fun. And it wasn't until I got to Revenge of the Sith where everything kind of changed. It felt like they didn't, it felt like they put very minimal effort into episode one, a little bit more effort in episode two, and then a ton into three. And now in episode four, way more effort. It feels like they gave a shit about the OG trilogy. Yeah, okay. So I don't know. Well, I'm, gonna fi- I'm still going to finish it. Uh, but, um, Because, like, classic LEGO games are some of my favorite fucking games. Like, I love playing, you know, through all the LEGO Star Wars games and LEGO. LEGO, uh, Yeah, the LEGO Batmans are exceptionally good, especially the second and third one. The second one especially is really good. Uh, LEGO Indiana Jones is fun. The LEGO Harry Potter games are fun. Uh, Lord of the Rings are pretty good. I played those. Yeah, Lord of the Rings was funny because it is level based, much like every other Lego game. But they, tr- this is their first like forte into like trying to add in audio from the movies. Oh, okay. The problem is, is that like it was straight from the movie, so suddenly you have background noise of the game itself overlaid with just the cut audio from like the DVD. Oh, so you got background audio from the DVD interfering with the background audio of the game and it probably sounds like an audio mess yeah it's a little bit so so i noticed on the new lego star wars you were playing it as we hopped on here you were playing it in the background and i could tell that they didn't pull movie audio they use sound effects yes but they have voice actors reenacting the lines yep because that as much as you want that sounds like great value han solo like it's not bad, it's pretty good, but it's not you know the name brand. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that being said, uh, I'm enjoying it so far, and I'm I'm gonna finish it. A bit. I'm gonna play a lot of it today, just because. Like after I get my chores done, I got nothing going on, so why not? But hell yeah. Uh, the other thing I did this week. So last week we talked about this a little bit um, and we haven't done it in two years. The summer movie wager. I absolutely adore the summer movie. It's super fun. And we haven't been able to do it for two years because well, theaters have been closed. Well, they're back. They're reopening. They're most in most places in the, in, in the United States and Canada, they're open. Um, Canada less so than the United States, but whatever. So uh, the summer movie wager is back. However, this year is wild. So, um, first and foremost, the website that I was using that was showing off the list usually and, and what movies are coming out when and all that kind of stuff, the one I usually use, hadn't updated anything. And I didn't isn't know... That, isn't that summer, summermoviewager.com? Yes. Yeah, I noticed not... they still haven't. No, so I took matters into my own hands. And I know how the rules work. I know how the scoring system works. So I just made the list myself. But the list that I have 
is really interesting because I had to basically pick movies that were not on streaming services, um, were going to theater exclusively, at least for its opening weekend. Um, and, uh, what was, there was another stipulation I had. I don't remember what it was though. Fuck. I'm drawing a complete blank, but anyway, point I'm getting at is it, it had to have its first opening weekend. And I did every movie from May 6th down to January 26th. Sorry. January, you mean July. August 26th. August. So I'm going to run down the rules real quick. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to, I'm going to list every movie that's coming out and when it's coming out. Uh, a lot of these movies you, you may not have heard of. Um, but that's fine because there'll be a link probably down below. Uh, there's also a YouTube video that I made where I kind of talk about the rules in like a minute and it'll have the link to the Google doc that has all the movies and the rules and how they work. But I'm going to go through them right now anyway, because I'm excited about summer movie wager. But after I get through this list, Maya and I will then go over our own personal lists and our reasonings behind where we placed everything. Um, but then after that, we're going to talk about episode four of Halo and Moon Knight. So stick around for yeah. that as well. The way the summer movie wager works is um, you pick your top 10 domestic opening weekend grossing films, meaning that when a movie opens on a Friday, it's their Friday, Saturday, and Sunday sales, and that's all that counts for their qualification in the list. Um, the reason that we do this is because movies like Doctor Strange in the, in the Multiverse of Madness comes out May 6th, and it's going to be in the theater for at least six to seven to eight weeks. That's a lot of money that it can accumulate in that short amount, or that, that, that two months. While other movies, like at the bottom of this list here, like let's say Bullet Train, comes out July 29th, has less time. Or like a movie that comes out on, on August 26th has less time in the theater. So to give every movie a, an equal footing chance, it has to only be opening weekend. Um, that's, how that, that's how the rules function forever. You're gonna, so after you pick your top 10... And this is like, you know, number one being the top grossing, 10 being the 10th grossing. That should make sense. You're going to pick three Dark Horse movies that you think might make the top 10, but you weren't confident enough to put them in your top 10. Um, after you do that, you have your 13 movies in order of how you want them. Oh, and the Dark Horses don't have to be in any order. They don't. They're just three to the side that might make your top 10. They're basically your tiebreaker movies. That's why you put them there. Um, you want to submit your list to any of our social media accounts, which are going to be below the podcast or the video on YouTube. Um, also, you can email your list to us at uh, allq.podcast at gmail.com. Those are the places where you can submit your list. Um, if you win, the way that you can win is... I remember one year we did it where you had to beat Maya and I to win, but I think it's just yeah. going to be like... The highest, the highest audience submission, high score audience submission wins. Yeah, that's how we're gonna do it this year. So yeah, if you if you beat everybody else, then we'll contact you about a prize. What are we gonna do about a tiebreaker? Are we just gonna be like if two people are the tied at the highest, we'll just reward both of them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that works. And uh yeah, so that's that. Um we haven't decided on a on a on a prize yet, have we, Maya? 
We haven't, but we have a few ideas. Uh, you know, there's always the traditional like t-shirt pint glass combo that we could go with, uh, you know, for the show. Uh, what if we what if we did this? Or I was thinking Okay, go ahead. Maybe a gift certificate via uh Fandango for them to go and see movies. So here's here's my idea. Um we can do a we can give the, the first place person a choice. We'll give them a choice. Okay. I think that all the I, I, the idea for prizes is good. And uh we can do a Fandango gift card, we can do an Amazon gift card or product from our store. Does that sound good? That sounds really good. Perfect. Perfect. So there you go. If you win, if you're first place, there is no second or third place prize. But if you win, you get to choose uh, one of the three prizes. And that'll be either an Amazon store card, a Fandango gift card, or t-shirt and a pint glass from our Teespring store. There you go. Works done and done. Okay, so how scoring works. Um, Again, if this is your first year playing or first year uh, being introduced to some movie wager... Scoring system works like this. If it's in the correct spot, you get 10 points. Um, If you are one point away, you get seven points. Um, Oh, I I screwed up on the scoring a little bit. I forgot. There's 13 points available. If you get one or 10 correct on, on the point, you get 13. That's right. That's right. Yep. So if you get spot number one and spot number 10 dead on, it's a 13-point uh, yep. total for each one of those spots. I forgot about that. Wow. I That's on me. That's on me. Oh, well. Getting it now. Yeah. I knew there was an extra point fucking value that I was missing. Okay. So, yeah. If you get one or 10 dead on, 13 points. If you get a correct spot between 10 and 9, that's 10 points. Sorry, 2 and 9, that's 10 points. Uh, if you're one away from where it's supposed to be, so like you put the movie at number four, but it's five and or three, that's seven points. If it's two away from where you put it, it's five points. If it's on the list at all, that's three points. Um, and every dark horse that made it to your top 10 is worth one point. You can only get the amount of points for the highest value. So let's say you get 13 points for number one. You don't get suddenly 16 points because it's on your list, right? So that's how that works. So you just, you know, you get the toppest denomination you possibly can. Did you say toppest? I did say toppest, and I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> so the highest, shush, the highest point value that you can get playing this is 106 points, if math is serving me correctly. Yeah, because it'd be 10 for 10 for uh, 10 times 10 plus six because of one and one and ten. So yeah, 106 well, is what about your three dark horses? Well, then you don't get points for those because they didn't make it into the top ten. Oh, oh, you only get a point for them if one of them makes it into the top ten. Yes. And you get one point, not three points, because you didn't pick them in the top ten itself. Correct. Okay. Dark horses are usually used as a tiebreaker sort of situation. Um gotcha. that's at least why they were originally invented. So does the points make sense? I hope they make sense. If not, I have again there's a link to the to the Google Doc I made, and I even added the one in ten 
it's dead on spot. So, okay, let's run down every movie that's coming out this summer. Um, a lot of these movies <laughs> I haven't heard of, uh, and I had to go look them up on. Oh, that's another thing. I put the link to their IMDb right under the right under the movie. So, if you if you see a movie you're like I don't know what that one is, you can go read their IMDb and you know figure it out from there. So May 6th is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. May 13th is Firestarter. Basically a remake slash adaptation. I don't know what to really call it. Um, uh, yeah, and the thing about like Firestarter, by the way, is it will be on Peacock shortly after being in theaters, which is why I kept it on the list. Um, May 20th is Downton Abbey, A New Era, and the horror movie Men. May 27th is Top Gun Maverick and the Bob's Burgers movie. May 3rd is Watcher and Jurassic World Dominion. You mean June 3rd? Did I say July? I meant June 3rd. You said May. May? Yeah. Uh, June You're back 7th... at the toppest of the month. Look. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a great public speaker. Uh, June 17th is Lightyear, the new Pixar movie. Based on, um, Buzz Lightyear. Buzz, holy shit! Buzz was gone. Didn't wasn't even in my mind. Good gravy. Could see his picture. No, they's voiced by by Chris Evans. Didn't fucking matter. Anyway, oh, he's being voiced by Chris Evans and not Tim Allen. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Chris Evans. I did not know that. Yep. Um. People were upset by that until the trailer came out. And they were like, oh, he actually nails it. So um, I think the reason they also did that was just because, like, Tim Allen's voice is older now and they wanted him to he's, sound. He's, he's wanted, wanted him to sound younger. And yeah. Because it's supposed to be the way that they, they've marketed this movie is it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's Buzz Lightyear if he was real. Like what the toy yeah. that Andy played with was based on this, yeah. Or more so, yeah. Because I thought the cartoon they had on for a long, like a long time ago, was that. But it, whatever. Um, June twenty fourth is Elvis, the Black Phone, which is a horror movie. Uh, it was supposed to come out like three years ago, but they just kept delaying it. Um, Marcel, the Shell with Shoes on, and Press Play. There's four movies on June 24th. July 1st is Minions, The Rise of Gru, and The Forgiven. July 8th, Thor, Love, and Thunder. And that's it, because nobody wants to compete with that movie. Uh, July 15th, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, uh, Where the Crawdads Sing, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and Bed Rest. Uh, July 22nd, Nope, the new horror movie by, uh, what's his name? Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Uh, July 29th is Bullet Train, DC League of Super Pets, and Vengeance. August 5th is Easter Sunday, Secret Headquarters, and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Which that that's supposed to be like a comedy horror movie uh, from what it looked like. I could be wrong, but anyway. August 12th is The Man from Toronto. August 26th, the last date on in the summer wager is Samaritan and the, Bri the Samaritan, the Bride and Fear. Um, so, like I said, when you go check out the list, uh, 
There are IMDb link IMDb links to every single one of these movies, and usually a trailer in the IMDb link. If not, you can read the synopsis and who's in it, and make your judgment based on that. So that's that. With that out of the way, Maya, would uh, would you like to get to the list? Sure. All right. Um, what do you want to do? Just run down our individual top tens, or do you want to alternate first, first, second, second? We can. We can alternate, but after one and two, because I'm confident we have the same one and two, but I'm curious where you put these two movies, because there's no way in hell you don't have Thor, Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange as your one and two. I don't. Okay. All right. Wow. Whoa. Okay. What's your one and two? I got Jurassic World. I think it's actually going to, I think it's, I think it's going to be the top. I, I think it's going to actually outdo Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is my number two, and Thor is my number three. I would you okay? Wow, that is our lists are diametrically diametrically different already. Um, so I I I disagree, and the biggest reason is is that uh. The biggest draw for Jurassic World Dominion is, um, like, you know, Dr. Alan Grant and Malcolm and uh, Ellie all coming back with their original character or the original actors. That's their biggest draw. Because King, uh, uh, Fallen Kingdom didn't do that great in the theater on its opening weekend. It just didn't. So I think it will make the top ten, but I put it at my seven. I put it number seven. Oh, wow. I don't think it's going to do that well at all. Um, my number one is Thor Love and Thunder. And my number two is Doctor Strange. And the reason I think that, that Thor Love and Thunder will do better than Doctor Strange is primarily Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Misty watched the trailer and she's like, if it weren't for the Guardians, I wouldn't care if I saw that or not. And I was See, like, wow. that's, that's interesting to me because I I was under the assumption that Ragnarok was such a hit with everybody that going into uh um Love and Thunder, like people be like, Oh, it's it's the same guy who made Ragnarok. So why the fuck like why wouldn't I go see it? But that's my thought process. I don't think people I think I think a lot of people are gonna see Doctor Strange. Primarily because it's going to pick up right after No Way Home. Yeah. And uh, that final trailer they've come out with is a is a killer. Like, I'm so fucking stoked for this movie. And it comes out real soon. <laughs> real yeah, soon. yeah. Just a couple more weeks. I need to... What, three I need weeks? My... Yeah. Two weeks this Friday. Or this Saturday. Because this Saturday, uh, I'm pulling up my map. Yeah, that's right. There's only 10 days left as the day we're recording. So uh, yeah. two days from now will be the 22nd. So, yeah, two weeks from Friday. Hachi machi. Um, I know that this Friday I'm seeing the new Nick Cage movie. So there's that. Um, that thing looks is amazing. That, is that streaming anywhere? No, no. no. It's theaters only. I, dude. 
the fact that that Nick Cage is just playing himself and him and Pedro Pascal are just ha- like it looks like they're just having fun in this movie. I'm so excited. Oh man, it looks so good. Looks like it's going to be hilarious. Uh but yeah, my number t- yeah, so so that's why I think Thor is going to beat Doctor Strange like especially okay. opening weekend. I think a lot of people are going to go see Doctor Strange well after opening weekend and it's going to make a fuck ton of money. Um but I think that leading up to to Thor Love and Thunder they're going to promote it with the Guardians in mind quite a bit, but I don't think the Guardians are going to be in that movie very much. Like probably not. I think the first 20 minutes tops. <laughs> Like it's gonna be. I think the opening bit is what we saw in the trailer with him like throwing the cape and the, and the guardians being annoyed, and then uh, like because before that we're gonna get a shot of him exercising and doing the thing with the chains. Yeah, his and, CrossFit and, stuff and and getting fit, but then like nobody giving a flying rat's ass who he is, like nobody caring. Like they're like who the god of, nobody nobody cares but old Norsemen. What the hell are you talking about? And he's gonna have to go on a journey to to find himself and and then Gore the God Butcher is gonna come in and kill every fucking gods and so I think a majority of that movie is gonna be Thor and Korg like going on an adventure. I don't know. I I'm excited for it though. I I know that you weren't the biggest fan of Ragnarok, but I fucking loved it. So I'm stoked for Love and Thunder. I'm excited but, just because we're going to get the Jane Foster Thor. Yeah, the mighty or yeah, the mighty Thor, not the Almighty Thor, just the mighty Thor is what her, what she's called, according to what well, I. Well, what's your number three? Top Gun Maverick. Really? So one of the big things that I I've been, I've been reading about recently was a lot of um, older directors who made um, the Green Knight. Uh, what's his name? Uh, shit. I'm IMDBing it right now. Anyway, he made The Green Knight and he expected to do well in the theater, but it did really fucking poorly. And it came out a week or two weeks before. Uh, let's see, when did it release? I don't have a date. Yeah, director David Lowry was talking about how it did poorly in the theater because nobody cares about like good movies anymore or some to that effect. Was it the green Knight or was it something else? Anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. The point is a lot of these people, a lot of these older people, these directors are, and, and filmmakers are sitting there saying that people, that people don't want to go see films anymore. They just want to see popcorn movies, action movies like Spider-Man. And this girl talks about a thing where people's time these days is very valuable. You are sacrificing a lot of your personal time. You 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 and you don't have a lot of it. Like I'm, I hate to say it, but you just don't have a lot of time to do what you need in the world. And when you go to see a movie in the theater, you want to have a good time. You want to watch characters you recognize. And that's why No Way Home was such a fucking massive hit, a massive success. That's why these superhero movies have been such a massive success. Um and I think the same can be absolutely said for a lot of the movies coming out this summer. Um, which is why I think Top Gun is going to kill it. No, people haven't seen Top Gun since the 80s. I think Top Gun came in the 80s. 
86. Okay. Uh, and the fact that, you know, Tom Cruise is a leading, he's, he's coming back as his character. I mean, I don't like Tom. I don't like Top Gun. I don't think Top Gun is a very good movie, personally. But I think I people are going to flock to this movie. I love the original. Not a fan. But what's your number? You said your three was Jurassic Thor. Four. No, Thor. You said, yeah, your three was Thor. What's your number four? Minions. Same here. All right. A lot Same of here. kids. A lot of kids love Minions, and I think it's going to do popular. Uh, be popular. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, one of the aspects of uh, that we've that the trend that we've seen that I've seen doing this list for so long. Animated movies fucking kill it in the summertime. They really do. And like you said, Minions is a massive hit. So, uh, my number five, I've got Lightyear. Uh, my number five is DC League of Super Pets. Oh, okay. I think with the popularity of Batman and superheroes in general, this is the kids are gonna fucking want to see this badly. Talking pets, talking animals with superpowers. Yeah, let's go. Plus the Rock and Kevin Hart are in it. You know, it's gonna be a good time. At least for me, it's going to be. <laughs> yes, I'm going to yeah. go see this fucking movie in the theater. Everyone get off my nuts. Uh, what's your number six? Uh, Top Gun Maverick. My number six is Lightyear. Um, it being Pixar, I think it's going to do really well. Uh, no, I already said my number seven was Jurassic World Dominion. What's your number seven? Nope. Okay. I think it's going to do really good. I think it will too. I, it's, it's definitely on my list. Uh, and your number seven was Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Well, my number eight's Bullet Train. My number eight is so that's actually in my Dark Horses. Mm. Um, my number eight is Pause of Fury. Oh, wow. So I, there's two aspects to this movie, and it's wild to me because I have you seen the trailer to this movie? I have not. I didn't find it very funny. I found it to be very kind of lame. And then I found out that the script for this movie was originally called um uh Blazing Samurai, and it was written by Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor. And now they've adapted it into an animation called Pause of Fury. And mm. it stars Michael Sarah and Sam Jackson and a few other celebrities. And I watched this trailer and I went, this is fucking awful. But then I went and read the comments on YouTube. I read the comments online. It'll do well. <laughs> people are stoked for it. Oh, weirdly enough, people are wanting to see it. And I, I think a lot of you know, film buffs, cinephiles are like, oh, it's based off that script that Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor wrote. Let's go see it. And then there's a lot of kids that are going to be like, talking dog and cat, yay. So, yeah, I think Pause of Fury is going to do well. Not as well as everything else on my list, but well enough. Uh, my number nine is Nope. Oh, okay. 
Uh, my number nine is the DC League of Super Pets. Okay. I think it's going to do well. I just don't think it's going to do as well as you have yours. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, I might have put it too high, but I, I, I think it'll do fucking amazing. Um, especially with what's coming out. Like it's, it's coming out by itself that weekend. So that's one of the reasons I say that. I think it was. Anyway. It comes out the same day as Bullet Train and Vengeance. Yeah, I think okay. That's why I did it because I don't. I think that a lot of yeah. I just think it's gonna. I think Bullet Train's going to do a little bit better. That's why I had it at number eight and so DC number nine. Overall, of its time in the box office, I think Bullet Train will do better. But opening weekend is what I was focused on and why I yeah. thought DC Super Pets would do better than Bullet Train. Um, Maybe. I do want to say why I put Nope at nine. Horror movies never do super well. They, they usually don't. don't, but it's Jordan Peele and what was it? No Way Out or Get Out? Get Out. I still need to see that. I hear it's phenomenal. I asked them to see Us. Which I, I need heard to see that phenomenal. too. I've heard from a lot of people that it's okay to not good. <laughs> so, huh. But, I mean, if you watched that trailer for Nope and you went, nah, I'm good. I don't see it. I don't know what's wrong with you because that movie looks amazing. Yeah, it does. I, I'm stoked for Nope. That's, I think that's the funniest thing. Before we get to our number 10, everything that I have on my list except for one, like two of my dead horses, I don't care, or dead horses, dark horses, I don't care about. But everything else on my list, I want to see. So, uh, you know, I take that back. I have no interest in seeing minions. <laughs> or top yeah. <laughs> Almost everything on my list I want to see. So there's three. Boy, okay. I'm just going to shut the fuck up because I'm not looking at my list and I'm like six I'll see in theaters. <laughs> anyway, what's your number 10? Elvis. That's in my Dark Horses. My number 10 is Bob Burgers. Bob's Burgers. See Bob's Burgers and my Dark Horses. Our list was, you know. Okay, what's your other Dark Horse then? Well, I've only told you one. I thought you told me two of them. Mm -mm, I just told you one. Because I said so, Pause a Fury, and you said I think that you said it was the Dark Horse. No. Oh, Pause a Fury is not even on that, your list. Not even on my list. Okay. No, my other Dark Horses are the Black Phone. And Downton Abbey. See, the black phone didn't even make my list. My dark horses are Downton Abbey, uh, Elvis, and Bullet Train. So, 12 black of phone, our picks. Wow. 12 of our picks out of the 13 are the same. They're just... I didn't have Pause of Fury, and you didn't have Black Phone. Other than that, they're all the same, just in a different order. Yeah. See, I didn't. Th I don't think Black Phone's going to do well at all. Honestly, like uh, that's why it's a dark horse, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, I hadn't heard of it until I started doing this list, and so I started like making it. I was like, "What? I've, what is this movie? I don't know." So, but uh, but yeah, um, it's going to be fun. Like. The movies that I'm going to that I like have to see in the theater this year are Thor, Doctor Strange, and Nope. Like those are the movies that I'm like. Everything else, if I miss, I'm not I'm not worried about it. I do really badly want to see Bullet Train though. 
bullet train looks like it's super fun but uh but yeah dude this is gonna be interesting i i thought for sure we were gonna have the exact same 13 movies I think the reason why I went with Jurassic World Dominion is because Doctor Strange is not as popular as, say, Spider-Man. But I think him being in Spider-Man and then the Avengers movies. Uh, sorry, I'm off camera a little bit here because I was saving my list. Hold on. <clears throat> I was going to say, if you just want to send me your list so I can compile them like I did last year. And then at one point in September, when I get all the numbers back, I'll sit down and score everyone's fucking list. Then we'll go from I there. just think I just think there's going to be more nostalgia um, that helps drive Jurassic World. And kids love dinosaurs. Um, I well, just, sure. I, mean, I just think it's going to I think it's going to do surprisingly better than The Marvel uh, movies. Honestly, honestly, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm. I see and I hear a lot of people saying I'm tired of Marvel movies. I don't know if I want to see the Thor. I don't know. If I, I mean, want to see Doctor Strange. I hear a lot of that. I'd agree with you if the other Marvel movies that have come out didn't still do really fucking well. Like, oh no, I'm not saying they won't do. I'm not going to say they won't do well. And in fact, I'm sure they're when they're opening weekend. I'm just wondering if they're opening weekends. We'll top the Jurassic World opening weekend. That's the big thing. I mean, I, I, think, I think regardless, those are going to be the top three. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree. I mean, I mean, Thor, Thor, and Doctor Strange. I, I agree with you on that, but I don't. I like Top Gun. To me, has way more like way more power to the theater to me than Jurassic World. And again, this has a lot to do with the fact that people just didn't like Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. And I think that a lot of people are going to wait to see reviews after the opening weekend to go see Jurassic World. Whereas Top Gun, it's like, I don't even know the Tom Cruise's character's name. Maverick. Pete Mitchell. Well, I know that's Maverick. <laughs> I was like, I don't know his character name. But yeah, there, you know, he's he's back and you got you got a sh like a shot of uh Val Kilmer in the trailer. Like he's he's not in the movie per se, but he's Supposedly not in the movie. It's just every time I talk to somebody about Top Gun, they're just like, "Oh, I fucking love that movie." While well, I'm like one of the few, the few that doesn't. I love it too, and I'm I'm excited to see it, but I won't be able to see it until it comes out streaming because Misty does not love Top Gun, and she's not going to go want to see Top Gun with me in the theater. So I'll wait for it to hit streaming services. That's another thing is I had to look at also like when a lot of these movies are going to hit streaming services. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if it's, if it's something that's owned by Warner brothers, it'll probably be on HBO max a month after release. I mean, look how quickly. They yeah. 45 it. days, 45 days is the release. So how many, window. how many people are willing to, you know, wait for some of these movies. How many people are willing to like how long before it comes to streaming services are they? Like you had to a lot of that has to come into concept with the new the new normal essentially. And uh with HBO Max and Disney Plus being so huge in the streaming world, like a lot of that's gonna come into play. So mm -hmm. uh super fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. We just gotta wait, you know, four months 
yeah four yeah. months during the heat um but yeah so so again everybody if you made it this far and you heard our list and you want to submit and you want to you want to try to uh win some uh win some gift cards or 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 uh prizes from our store uh like i said submit them to our social medias um again it's your top 10 and your three dark horses do not forget the three dark horses i will be contacting you if you do not give us the three dark horses which i did the uh a year ago or the last time we did this a few people just submitted their top 10 yeah um and and the way that i made my list by the way the way i make my list every year is i just i just go down the list of movies and i i put the ones to the side that i think are going to do really well um not could make the top 10 just the ones I think you're going to do really well. And then I fix my list. Then I go one to blah, blah, blah. And I constantly am adjusting. So like I had flashcards and I had written them on there and I just had all 10 laid out on my table and I was moving them around, thinking about it and shit like that. So I didn't mind in five minutes this morning after I did my makeup. <laughs> um, so we, we'll see who's haphazard have if my haphazard guessing, uh, is more pays off in the end, or if Greg's does, we'll see. How many times have we done this? Twice. I think this is the fourth time. Fourth time. Wow. I think I think we've done it every year, with the exception of our first year, because our first year we didn't start until the first weekend of October. But I think we did it every year after that in twenty eighteen, well, we, nineteen, and twenty. Uh, but did we, we do it in two thousand twenty? Because I thought I thought theaters no. closed. No, maybe this is just the third time then. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because I know we did not do it 2020 and 2021. That's right, that's right. So we did so. it in 2018 and 2019. Okay, so third time. Uh, it's really funny because I've been doing the Summer Movie Wager for years prior to the podcast. Uh, the way that I found out about this is I used to listen to a uh, sort of a podcast uh, a long time ago called the Freaking Awesome Podcast. No, that was the one I did. This was the Totally Rad podcast. Uh, yeah, it was a Totally Rad podcast. It had um, three guys, Alex Albrecht, uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who now is a movie director. He actually directed uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, and he did like... Uh, he was he was tied to do um, the uh, uh, Why the Last Man TV show. Oh yeah, that's right. And then he but he backed the fuck out. I don't blame him. But yeah, still he was bitter part... about that show being canceled. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, but then he also uh, hold on, I gotta pull up his IMDb because I know that there was something else he did that I like very recently here. Oh, he directed an episode of The Boys. That's what it was. Oh, cool. Um, he's also doing an upcoming Predator movie called Prey. Where it's like in the past. It's uh, it's the origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. So he, he's directing that right now. But so, so yeah, star Dan Trachtenberg, Alex Albrecht, who is now like a producer on a bunch of shows. And um, I wish I could find the other guy drawing a blank on his name, but it was those three guys and they would talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books. Like that's what they did. If it was new, they played it. They, they, they experienced it in one week and then talked about it the next week. 
Um, and I fucking loved their format. Uh, I actually went to their show both times I went to Comic-Con. Met Dan Trachtenberg. I have a picture with him. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. From 2009. I was just sitting in the lobby and I spotted him. I was like, dude! Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, they, they started doing the summer movie wager every year. Um, and it was just, it was just this really fucking cool, fun concept. Cause movies are a big thing in the summertime. A lot of kids are out of school. A lot of parents are looking for ways to get their kids out of the house and just have, you know, go out and have fun as a family. So, yeah, I love doing this, but anyway, when I was, when I was in high school, my brother and I would always just load up in my blazer and we'd go to the drive-in every Friday or Saturday night. In, in the summertime, you know, because they would always have a double feature. And then, like, Fourth of July weekend, they'd always do a triple feature. Uh, so that was a late night, getting home at, like, 2 in the morning from the drive-in. <laughs> oh, that's – I'm doing that this year for sure. Like, I I can't wait to just be like, hey, it's Friday night. I'm done with work. Who's come to the drive-in with me? Like they had a fire recently. Our, our, our local driving at a fire was real sad. Like oh, two of their screens burnt down. They seem to have recovered. Wow. Like they people started to go fund me and donated to them and whatnot. Cause well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our local, a local uh, driving theater has a lot of support, but that's anyway, awesome. Why don't we go ahead and talk about some TV shows? Huh? Let's do that. Let's do that. So let's go ahead and start with Halo. Um, All right, I've got a I've got an episode synopsis here pulled up. Let's go ahead and read that off. I'm going to read the whole thing and then we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. So um, now this is a little bit of out of order, but these are the big the big talking points, the big key things. Uh, we see Kai one two five. She actually removes her uh, hormonal suppressor pellet and. When Miranda Keys uh, asks the other Spartans of Silver Team to help analyze, you know, the magical artifact, see if there's anything that the, if it responds to them in any way, um, she kind of has a couple of moments, you know, which she had already put the red dye in her hair, and she just kind of got, well, you don't like us very much. You see us some machines. Um, and it ends up with them helping translate some of the, how do you say this, Sengeli? Uh, Sengeli. Sengeli, the language from footage of their mission on Madrigal and transmissions from the lost UNNC Corvette. So small, uh, small bit real quick, because I'm going to forget if I don't say it now. Um, that shot, by the way, of them looking at that computer and looking mm-hmm. at the Sengeli information mm-hmm. and then finding the word halo. As soon as she says the word halo in the background, faintly, you can actually hear the hear theme the music, the theme music. Yes. It's like you, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I noticed that too. Um, Sorry, but yeah, go ahead. That was it. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, let's see. So yeah, they discover the artifacts related to a sacred ring that the co- covenant call halo uh, on Madrigal. Soren and Quan find her father's former allies, uh, and at, at a at a memorial for her father, and 
basically security shows up because she's making a scene and there's a bounty out on her head. Uh, and due to fear of both the covenant and backlash from governor venture, uh, they refuse to help her. And Soren's ship is impounded and confiscated, essentially dismantled. Uh, Venture hires a bounty hunter to go after Quan. Uh, Quan goes to her aunt for help, but the bounty hunter gets there and kills her aunt before Soren can take the bounty hunter out. I think she was called Franco. Yeah. Uh, Soren and Quan, they barely escape grass troops and they head for the spaceport. And on Eridanus 2, we see Master Chief Halsey and Cortana and what whatever Halsey's right hand is, whatever yeah. his name is. I don't remember. Ad, Adam or Aiden or something. Basically, Master Chief goes to his old childhood home and Cortana is using uh, virtual reality kind of to help recreate what his home may have looked like based on the current setting. And he made a few tweaks and adjustments here and there, and it helped trigger actual memories. Uh, he found first outside, he found drawings uh, of artifacts uh, buried in a case that his dad made him bury. Now, of course, we don't know why his dad made him bury them, but he's like, I want to go, you know, he didn't say anything. He's just this audible thought, you know, you could almost hear it. It's like, I need to go inside. I need to see if there's more. He's just driven to go inside. Yeah. And, you know, with Cortana's help, he's able to recreate the look of his old home. And then he starts having memories and remembers where he found the second artifact. But he also discovered that Halsey, Halsey came and visited him there as he was a kid. Uh, and it pretty much closes on them finding the second artifact in an underground cave. Uh, he takes them to the location and jumps down the hole and she climbs in and, you know, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff happening. I, I like the fact that you know, out of the initial three, out of the other three Spartans, the one that for some reason I've taken a liking to has been Kai, and that was even before this this episode. So I thought it was cool how you know she's like, okay, he took out his suppressor. I want to take out mine. And I like how she immediately started having bits of personality to start shining through. It's like it's given her some character. That's cool. Uh, so one of the things about this show for me that's really fascinating is, uh, first off, the other Spartans are there. Uh, that's relatively new, too, for me. Um, it's not something that is not something that's present in the game so much It's pretty much master chief by himself. Yeah. Because it, the general idea is that, I mean, it, what's, what's really interesting. And I should, I should put this into perspective, this in the games, this, this show would take place before halo reach. 
which is the earliest game we have in the franchise. There are obviously books and comic books that take place before the first that, that game Halo Reach. And Spartan 2's existed. As a matter of fact, part of the main squad that you have in Halo Reach has a Spartan 2 on it. The others are Spartan 3's, which is a whole another can of worms, which I don't know if the show will get into. Um, but seeing these three Spartans and seeing Soren is fucking fascinating to me. Because it's not something I've seen before. As a matter of fact, the entire story with Soren and um, Quan does that's that's spanking new brand spanking new one of the big things i think i talked about this i've talked about this every week we talked about the show one of the big things that the games never really talk about except for maybe uh halo reach is that you know the the, the unsc was fighting rebels before the the covenant attacked mm-hmm. stories like Quan's could feasibly exist in the comics sorry in the games it could have feasibly existed in the background and we would have never known about it because it's never really spoken of, but it's totally feasible that it existed. Yeah. So that's super fun for me. Um, but the story of chief that is throwing me for a loop. Oh yeah. Cause that is not what happens in the, in the continuity of the, of the games. Um, it is so far way different. I'm not, and, and this isn't a complaint of it being like, I'm not saying it's bad. It's, it's just different. Um, so it's now fans different. of the games, fans of the games. They're definitely saying it's bad. They hated this episode. Apparently uh, it, that's weird to me. Cause as I've said before, it's a fucking adaptation. It's not a, it's not a one-to-one to the fucking games. Like stop it. Yeah. Um, they're borrowing a lot from the books. So as a matter of fact, that shot of Halsey uh, flipping a coin with, with young John. That's, that's pulled from directly, the books? Directly pulled from the books. Oh, cool. Like, uh, in the book, she's doing it because um, she notices that John has a pension for being lucky. It's basically his reaction time. He's able to track the movement of that coin to see how it's going to land is what I'm assuming that it was. No, no, not necessarily. No. Uh, It's just that he is, he has a higher probability of guessing, right? That's all it is, which makes him Hmm. luckier. Um, I, again, the show could talk about that. I don't know, but, the fact that they even had that scene in the, in the show, I was like, I immediately just went, <gasps> and my dad's like, what? And I was like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cause it was just cool to see, you know, little things like that, but him going to his home, remembering his past, remembering being a kid. That's not in the fucking games that doesn't exist in the game. So I can get, I can kind of see why people are very thrown off, thrown off from it. If they're familiar with the games, yeah. but it's 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 not bad and i don't understand why people are saying it's bad that's very strange to me uh then again it shouldn't be strange we deal with this all the time with adaptations and remakes like you know we talked about this with the the cowboy bebop adaptation you know people people acted like it was the worst thing on the planet because it wasn't exactly like the anime and i'm like i if i want to watch the anime i'll fucking watch the anime the goddamn thing is all on hulu it's all on Netflix now. I can watch the whole thing if I want. In both Japanese and in English. Yeah. 
why do I want to watch the same thing in live action? I don't understand that. Like, I have an Xbox. And on Game Pass, you get the Halo collection for free. That has Halo 1, 2, 3, ODST, 4. And 5 is also on Game Pass for free. You can play the entire fucking Halo catalog on your Xbox. Or play on your fucking PC. It's all there too. And then Halo Infinite. It's readily available, people. If something that is currently readily available, I don't want the adaptation to be identical. That's boring. I've seen it. I've done it. I've played it. It's boring. The, not the games. The, the fucking the, the adaptation be the same. And that's the thing. This show, we talked about the spirit, right? This show has the spirit of the games. The fucking story to Halo, Maya, is a mystery. As you progress through the story, you are learning more and more and more. You are things are are are, are discovered to you as you progress through the game, and it's fun. It's fun to go like, what's next, right? The show is doing that, is it not? Yeah, I think so. I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it. I really like what they're doing. Uh, you know, I don't think they're doing a bad job. And from everything I've seen, you know, I and I don't have much knowledge of the lore, but everything I've seen, they're staying as, you know, they're it, it's it's a love letter to the series, uh, the the game series and yeah. the novels. It appears. You know, yeah, they're wanting to do it justice, but they're wanting to tell their own story. If that, you know, yeah, that 100%. shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be. But again, we're talking about super fans. We're talking about fanboys of things. If they, fanboys you know, are the fucking worst. Yeah. Which, and that's the thing that I think bothers me so much is like, if the show is well done, if it's good, then, you know, fanboys are what kill a thing. Um, you know, I saw uh, uh, Sonic 2 this last weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And because I needed to escape for like two fucking hours. And I loved it. I thought it was really fucking fun. But then I saw a lot of fucking fanboys just being like, oh, it's, you know, they did this weird thing with Knuckles or... Uh, it's, you know, they, they kind of changed this or something like that. I'm like, shut the absolute fuck up. It's a good video game movie based on a fucking franchise that we all love. Shut your goddamn mouth and just enjoy it. I genuinely do not understand the mentality. Genuinely. Ugh. Anyway. I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was fucking fun. I need to know more. On who the hell McKee is and her connection. Why are her and Master Chief the only ones that can touch the artifact? Again, I have my theories, but it's spoilers. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Like that structure that they found at the end of the episode, I'm pretty confident I know what it is. But you'll never know. I won't tell you. Well, you know, because we've run so long, we're not going to dwell too long on the no. episodes today. So what would you, what grade would you give this one? An A. A solid A. Okay. 
I was enthralled through the whole episode. I enjoyed the little the little uh, uh, nods to the games. I will say this much: the Needler gun is way bigger than I thought it was. Uh, the, her enthusiasm when she described that gun was awesome. So she, yeah, she descri- she describes it in a very matter of fact way. What the gun does in the game is it like pops up a bunch of needle, like pink needles on the top of it. And when you fire it, they kind of like, as long as you, as long as you have the reticle somewhat near the enemy, it'll track them. It'll all, and then they'll explode and do extra damage. Oh, cool. And she, she explains that in a very like scientific way ish. And I kind of laughed at that. I was like, Okay, if that's how you want to describe it, uh, Spartan, that's okay. Uh, but yeah, like like the way that I thought they were was like a little bigger than a regular handgun. Instead but, of, you know, being so massive that it engulfs pretty much the whole forearm and protrudes out about a foot from the end yeah. of the fist. Because, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, as far as I could tell, one-handed weapon. I mean, she was holding it with one hand as a Spartan, so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It seemed very big. <laughs> very fucking big for the show. I was like, damn, all right, shit. Um, like, I thought it was, like, du- like the pistol, like, twice the size of that. It was where my mind thought, or my mind thought, my, my, uh, my thought process went to its size, so. But, uh, but yeah, um, like the, the fucking them saying the word halo and you hear, oh, was like motherfuckers. <laughs> and I had to show my dad that and he was, he started laughing. He was like, he's like, yeah, you're going to notice all of that stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like that stuff is for me. It is for people like me. But what, what grade would you give it? I also give it an A, uh, you know, for different reasons than, Oh, well, we did have some action sequences, you know, on Madrigal involving Soren and Quan, but the rest of the episode is all exposition and discovery, and I really enjoy that aspect. Uh, you know, and there's this moment when they're coming up on Eridanus too, uh, when they're in uh, slip space. I think that's what they call it. Call it slip space. Yeah, yeah slip space. And Master Chief just wide-eyed watching it with kind of like amazement and cortana's like oh your your heart rate and your blood pressure everything's up you're elevated uh you're experiencing anxiety and he's like this is what anxious feels like huh and then he's like it's so cool i can see you know slip space and cortana's like well you're not really seeing slip space you're seeing a 10 10 degree he's like you're ruining it, <laughs> you know, which was kind of like, you know, the exact same phrase that Quan used to him when in episode two, when she was commenting on being able to see it. Yeah. That was a nice little callback. Uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying what the shows do. Mm. Yeah, okay. What the shows, yeah, stifled a hiccup. <laughs> uh, I'm really enjoying what the show's doing. And, you know, I, I I don't watch it the day it comes out because we record on Wednesdays, so I usually watch it on Tuesdays. Um, so it's just fresher in my mind, and I have less stuff jumbled up in there. Oh, I'm 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 like the day it comes out, I'm like I'm watching this right now. 
I'm watching this right now. I hear you. Am I? But am yeah. I, I'm, what What I'm really happy about is that, like I said, you and you and my dad are fucking loving it because I I get worried about that. You know, when there's um when there's a new show or something an adaptation. Like I, I love being able to share this with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm stoked. I'm I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. But um, but yeah. So uh, okay, that's uh, that's Halo, Halo episode four. Uh, now we'll move on to Moon Knight episode four. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, you have uh, a synopsis for this one. I do, I do. I'll run it down. And this was, you know, pretty packed episode. But it. Uh, hold on, I'm all tangled up here. You're all right. Microphone, the headset cable was around my bottom of my prosthesis. So, yeah, it almost jerked everything off of my desk here. So, you see the avatar of Osiris place Khonshu's Ushabti, uh, the little statue representation that shows that that's imprisoning Khonshu, in a vault. And it pans out, pulls pulls out, and you see there's. Whew, pardon me. You see a lot of other gods that are also imprisoned in Ushabtis. Um, uh, cuts to the desert. We see Layla trying to revive Stephen or Mark, whichever one. Uh, you know, we assumed that maybe Jake was going to surface. Uh, we speculated no we didn't have any jake surface this episode uh steven comes to uh, eventually uh but not before layla kills some of harrow's men that had tracked them down by clever use of a flare into their open ammo containers in the back of their truck which is uh, always funny to me when um shows or movies do something like that because i'm like that's not how ammunition works but okay yeah, yeah. In fact, where I live, uh, there used to be a gun and ammo shop made out of wood called the Powder Keg uh, near one of the towns where we live. And it caught fire one night and burned down. And amazingly, the houses that were there within line of sight of the Powder Keg, nobody got shot. Surprising. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did say it sounded like a really loud popcorn going off for a long time, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Let's see. After finding Harrow's now deserted camp at the side of at the side of Amit's tomb, uh, Layla and Stephen enter the tomb, and realize that it's a maze and it's shaped in the eye of Horus. So they decide that okay, where we need to get to is the long squiggly thing that comes down from the eye of Horus, the curved part. He said that was the tongue, he said. So the the voice of Amit should be at the tip of the tongue. So that's where we'll find the sarcophagus. Um, Layla finds... Wrong wrong one. They're attacked by priests and they're separated in the process. 
um, because and these priests happen to be undead Egyptian priests, so that was wild. Yeah, uh, got real supernatural real quick. I mean, it was already supernatural, it, but yeah, it got really supernatural. Uh, Stephen makes his way further into the tomb and discovers the actual burial site. And it's the burial site of Alexander the Great. And he was Amit's last avatar. Uh, Layla, while she's running from one of the undead priests, she's able to fight it off and throw it in a pit. And then Harrow is there. He sees it and he talks to her. And says that uh, Mark was one of the mercenaries that murdered her father. And lets her have that information to do what she will. Uh, Mark and Stephen discover Amit Sushabti, which was inside Alexander the Great's body. So he had to actually unwrap and rip open his jaw and reach down in his throat into the empty chest cavity because... The mummification process, the Egyptians, the only thing you were buried with was your heart. They took out everything else. Like, they even scooped out the brain. Uh, but yeah. uh, the heart the heart was left behind, so he has to reach down. It looks like he reached down all the way next to the heart. Pulls out the Ushabti of Amit. Uh, as he does, Layla shows up. She's angry. She wants to know the truth. He reveals that his partner got greedy and his partner killed everybody that uh, as, at, that was at the dig side, including her father. And he tried to save her father, uh, but his partner shot and tried to kill him. But then Kanchu revived him as his avatar. And then Harrow and his men arrive and Mark holds them off and to buy Layla time to escape. But Harrow shoots him twice in the, in the chest, you know, right at his heart. And the next thing you know, we see him. It looks like an all white, not like all white skin color, but all white in surroundings, uh, psychiatric hospital. Uh, and it's populated by people from apparently his life. Uh, and he's trying to come to, and he's all sedated, and he can't control his can't really speak, can't control his, his motor skills are just, just shot. Um, he's taken before a, a therapist version of Harrow and they have a conversation. He gets away and then he finds Stephen that's trapped in a sarcophagus and they're both standing face to face. And they say, what in the world's here? And then they see another sarcophagus and somebody's trapped in it. And then they open up a door or a door opens up into them. And it's the Egyptian goddess uh, Taurette, which is the hippo-like goddess. And they both just give each other a high-pitched scream. And that's how the episode ends, which was fucking funny. Yeah, I was going to say, I had to actually look up who that god was. I think I typed in uh, hip hippo Egyptian god. And it was like, here's Tarwet. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and she's like a borderline, a uh, like a, a maternity god. She like protects yeah. the mom and the baby. But um, yeah, what a wild fucking episode. Uh, this episode was wild as fuck. Uh, I, I thought... really enjoyed the Alexander the Great stuff. Yeah, that was fun. 
that was cool. But yeah, what were you going to say? You thought? Um, I thought we were going to see the third altar. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't, but maybe that's who's in the sarcophagus and the. Which my dad said loudly, like, is that the third altar? I was like, supposedly. It took me a hot minute to realize that we were inside Mark's inner world. Because that's the thing about uh, DID that I've learned over the past, like, couple couple years is that people with DID have what's called an inner world. And that inner yeah. world, all of the altars can exist um, together, essentially. And then they... You know, some take turns fronting and the rest kind of like are used to protect the body from harm in different fashions because of the trauma. So when we go into this like mental facility, I'm like, where the fuck are we? And then like when when he like runs into Steven, I was like, oh, we're in the inner fucking world. Holy shit. So that was, you know. There, there's another show that I really enjoyed. They did that, uh, Marvel related show, Legion. Did you ever watch Legion when it was on? No. Well, they did that whole inner world sideboard kind of thing too, um, and it was wild. Um. So there's another superhero related show. It's not Marvel. That does altars in an inner world. I've actually recommended it to you numerous times. Doom Patrol? Yep. Hmm. Uh, Crazy Jane, which arguably uh, okay. is not the best name nowadays, but she uh, she has like 80 altars, and they all have different powers. But it goes into her inner world all the time. And what's funny is that when she when an altar fronts in the real world, it's the actress playing that character, right? Yeah. But in the inner world, they're all different actors. Oh, that's cool. It's fucking awesome. You have to watch Doom Patrol. It's so good. It's so I'll think good. About it. Oh what? But yeah, um, I am thoroughly fascinated where the show's gonna go. Because yeah, I'm I'm just like wow, where are they going from here? Because <laughs> yeah. he's on the like verge it. of death right now, and he's trapped in his mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like what? What is Tara? What gonna do? Like how is she gonna help? Like how is she even in his mind? Like what is happening? <laughs> I'm so I have so many questions and so few answers. <laughs> and it's fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's super fun. I, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this episode. It was like from start to finish, it was like a full direct story. It had some reveals, had some information, and then we got to see the inner world. We had that big bomb at the end with, with Tarawet, and I'm like, what next? What fucking next? I would yeah. also, I would also like to see if this show ends with like any, any kind of connection to the bigger MCU. Yeah, other than the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council, um, sign in the second episode. Uh, there was we, a small reference to something in the, in the third episode, too. Oh, there was? Yeah. Uh, what's his girlfriend's name? What's her name? Layla. 
Layla, she mentions that uh, she met the guy, the the rich dude that they were interacting with. She met him in Madripoor. Oh, yes, yes, I remember that. She did say Madripoor. Yeah. So other than that, we really haven't had a big connection to MCU. So I'm like, are we going to get a reveal of Blade at the end of this? Because <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, that would be so cool. I'm excited. Like this, this shows this show's been fucking stellar. So I, I'm gonna just give this episode an A plus. I'm just gonna throw it out there right now. Straight oh, up awesome. A plus. It was it was very Indiana Jones-ish. Very yes. uh yeah, like like that that type of like uh uh uncharted feel to it. And I was like, this is I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely had the Uncharted feel, and I'm not complaining about that because Uncharted is one of my favorite franchises there are uh, for action-adventure games. I love the Uncharted series. Um, I do want to know why every single time, like, every time we have a treasure hunter, there's always a supernatural element, whether it's Indiana Jones, Alan Quartermain, Nathan Drake, Laura Croft, there's always a supernatural element, like, towards the, the end of the story, so... Like, why? Why is that a thing? <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, it's fun. It's a I'm not good I'm, question. I'm not complain, complaining, but are there any treasure hunter stories where that's not a thing? <laughs> and they followed the map and it went into the cave and there was the fucking treasure at the end. I guess it would be boring if they went that route. <laughs> Fair, well, I mean, they'd still have to like... There'd still have to be uh, a, an enemy that they're fighting against. Like, Oh, no, um, no, I agree. Like, imagine if the Ark of the Covenant did not kill all the Nazis. <laughs> and, you know, Indy had to figure out a different way out. Like, that'd be an interesting story to Ooh. a point. Uh, we'll but yeah, so... Know. Yeah. But yeah, this this episode definitely had that feel. And I loved it. So, A plus for me. A fucking plus. I give it an A as well. Uh, not an A plus. I give it an A. Uh, you know, very thoroughly entertained. Uh, you know, questions answered, and then more questions left unanswered at the end of it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I continue to love Ethan Hawke's portrayal of Arthur Harrow each week. Continue to love Oscar Isaac's portrayal of multiple characters and switching from one to another in the same scene with just ease, it seems. Uh, you know, it, it's really well done to see his range of talent and caliber yeah. uh, come out. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the story is... Uh, you were mentioning Oscar Isaac, and I was going to say John Oliver had a whole bit uh, recently about... Um, police interrogation on his hbo show oh yeah i watched and it <laughs> the line about uh and it, and then we're gonna have a whole show about just the laser the lightsaber and it's gonna be voiced by Isaac, isaac and we're all gonna come <laughs> yeah <laughs> go watch last week tonight so i fucking love that show i fucking love that show uh but yeah yeah solid episode you know entertaining uh, intriguing kept me ready for more like when the credits literally rolled after they came face to face uh with tower and gave out that high-pitched scream and the credits rolled i was like oh i was like damn it already so i uh i watch the show when it airs at midnight that way i can wake up and be ready for the podcast 
And I was exhausted last night. Like I was like, if, if I wasn't watching this, I'd be asleep straight up. And when it ended, I was, I was like, Oh, I wanted more. Like I'm exhausted. I'm ready for bed, but I'm like, Oh, Oh <laughs> yeah. Make them up, make the episodes longer. And that's the thing. It was a 52 minute long episode, but it so, didn't feel yeah, like it. Not at all. So that speaks volumes on this fucking show. It's so well done. It's so yeah, well it's, done. It's really good. You need to be checking it out if you haven't been doing so. I would say, other than No Way Home, this is the best Phase 4 Marvel movie. MCU movie. Or thing. Sorry, thing, I should say. Um, I think I like this show so far better than Loki. And Loki was my number one for a long time. For, like, since it aired. Personally. I mean, the show might not stick the landing. Who's to know at this point? But as of right now, I doubt that they won't. So... All right. Well, I think I think we should call it there. What do you say? I think so. I'm ready to get some lunch. It is 2:22, and I am hungry. Yeah, it's only 11. I'm hungry girl. 11:22 over here. Um, because we don't live in the same state. Uh, so next week, everybody is going to be our 200th episode. I still have no idea what we got planned, but it's going to be good. It'll probably be a long episode too. Uh. I have a few ideas where we're, we're throwing things around. But if you have an idea of what you'd like us to do, talk about, see, or, or something to that effect for episode 200, hit us up on our social medias. Let us know. Absolutely. Um, All those accounts are linked below. There you go. Uh, next week, we're also, we're also going to be talking about episode five of five of both Halo and Moon Knight, because this show is still a review podcast after all. Um, but uh, might start with that and then end with everything else and just have a good time. Who who's to know at this point? We we wing it for the most part. Well, yeah, we've always winged it, and we'll know you know five minutes before you know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, like we said earlier, make sure you follow all the socials listed down below. Um, and if we add anything, which I doubt we will this week, uh, we'll let you know on the social medias. Uh, check out our Teespring store. Uh, like we said, that's part of what you could potentially win if you win the social movie, uh, the summer movie wager. Um, so go check that out and see if there's something you might want on there if you win. And then, you know, if you don't win, buy something. Because all proceeds from that store go right into the podcast. There's uh, it's quite a few things we have to pay for in order to keep this show running, and it helps. It helps a lot. Um, so... Keep that in mind. Uh, a few things you can buy. Th- oh, no, I won't read that. Fuck it. I'm just moving on. Uh, you can also watch the live video of the t- today's podcast on our YouTube channel. The link is down below. Um, and if you're looking for more podcasts to listen to after you're done listening to this one, head over to the Nirvana Network. Uh, we're a part of that network, and you can listen to a plethora of wonderful podcasts hosted by great people that know what they're talking about. Or don't know what they're talking about, just have an opinion that they want to give you. But it's always entertaining. Um, kind of uh, like us. Yeah, but very much like <laughs> us, which is why we're part of the Nirvana Network, for sure. Uh, but that link is also down below. Uh, that's all I have for my notes. Uh, Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. Uh, also, linked to that public Facebook profile are my Instagram and Twitter handles. So if you want to follow me on those... You can do so from there. 
Uh, enjoy having conversations and meeting new people. Always down for that. Just don't be creepy. Don't be creepy, please. Don't be creepy in general. Yeah, don't be creepy in general, but yeah, especially when you're interacting with me. That's just... Uh, but as for other shows you can catch me on, you can catch me on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. That's on a show called Figure Banging. It's a live action figure review show. No new episode this week because the host Ace is out of town on business uh, for job training. Uh, but we'll be back in two weeks and we'll let you know, uh, of course, ahead of time. But yeah, check it out. It's a uh, check out the whole realm of collectors in general uh, on YouTube and on Facebook. It's uh, it's not just a Facebook group about toy collecting. It's a community, and it's one that's done a lot for me personally in the past few years. Um, yeah, you know, and I've talked about collectors that, in the realm of collectors. Yeah, and that's that's something that I'll probably talk about, you know, when we look back on things in episode two hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um you know, so if you want to know more, make sure you definitely tune in for that. But that's enough about me. What about you, Greg? Where can people uh, find you? You can follow me under all socials at Chub Rock Geek. Um you can also uh, uh listen to my buddy and I talk about video games on occasion. We need to actually record one soon. Um, over on Mission Start Podcast or Mission Start Tubes on YouTube. Um, you can also you check out who? Anthony. Did I say Anthony? You said Andy. Did I say I'm Andy? Pretty sure, oh I'm pretty God. sure you said Andy. Man, I don't know what is with my mind today. Like, I just can't. I cannot nail things down. It's weird. Um, so my buddy Anthony and I do video game talks. Uh, we don't do reviews. We just kind of talk about stuff like news and um stuff like that but um also on the on the mission start tubes i do uh the occasional review which i should probably record one soon uh but you can also check out my solar reviews on our youtube channel i have so i need to re-record uh my review for um human resources and everything everywhere all at once and sonic 2 uh all three of those i have recorded but they're all like eight minutes long i want to reduce that down to five so I need to re-record them, but I could probably just do that today. Anyway, those are all be on our, those will all be on our YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, that's it for me, um, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week is going to be emotional. I know it is. Uh, at least part of it's going to be. Uh, it's it's been a hell of a ride, um, and we're not done yet. So uh, come join us for episode two hundred. Going to be it's going to be something interesting. I promise. But uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.